Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Let's go start this off by saying. I'm the one who shouldn't look good. Yes. <laughs> very early for me. It's very much in the middle of the day for me. Um, we're holding on. Nice. So for the sake of your hangover, should we just get into it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, hi, I'm Sarah. This is Kat. And welcome to Books and Bevies. So what you drinking? I'm having tea. Uh <laughs> I think maybe coffee would be helpful, but the thought of making it was not not sitting with me. So <laughs> here we are. <laughs> you just order McDonald's. I don't know if I want that. Oh, you're that hungover that you don't even want McDonald's? I'm not a big like McDonald's, even if it's like a light hungover. It's just not for me. I don't know what it is. It just doesn't do it. I like McDonald's like in the middle of the day. You just like you McDonald's. Know. I just like it. And what are you drinking? Um, I, I saw a, that cup. Mm-hmm. I got a pumpkin spice latte. I thought Ooh. about getting a Christmas drink because it's kind of the season, but I don't know. I was just craving pumpkin spice this morning. So Fair enough. Do you have a reason for drinking? Why were you drinking last night? <laughs> Uh, well, we finished all our classes yesterday, mm-hmm. officially for this semester. So it was one last time before I started studying for finals. But then I do a test on Monday. Naturally, I've wasted this day. So <laughs> <laughs> was it a good idea? No. Would I do it again? Yes. What do you mean wasted this day? We're going to be talking about a Sarah J. Mass book. That is not a waste of a day. That is true. I just meant wasting as in I will not be studying today. Fair enough. And do you have a reason? Um, Honestly, I'm drinking for a happy reason for once. My two like best friends just moved back. They're still a little bit far away, but they moved back to Vancouver Island. Like they moved to Souk from Pender. Um, so we're going to go see a movie tonight for the first time in like a year and we used to go to the movies together all the time so oh that's nice yeah I'm very excited and I'm excited to have them like back where I don't have to like ferry to go see them Visit, yeah and fingers crossed I might have found a place to live in 
Jan as of January 1st. I'm really hoping for that because it's a lot cheaper than what I'm paying right now, which is great. Really? Because in the new year, I want to be a full-time student. So, mm. Is it, uh, are you going to be living alone? No, with roommates, but it's really close to UVic and they seem pretty chill. The place looks pretty nice. The room, I think I have to double check that the pictures that they sent me have the room but from what it looks like the room is bigger than the one I have now and it'll okay. be closer to town like there's just a lot of perks to this new place but and it'll be yeah but it'll be kind of stressful because I just took two weeks off work so it's like can I really afford to move right now fair is this our 50th episode I think this is our 50th episode I was going to try and count, and I was like, I can't actually do that. Um, yeah, this is our 40th episode. Not 40th, 50th. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Hello. We've made it to 50. That's crazy. That seems like a very small number, actually. Yeah, it feels like we've been doing this for 50 years. <laughs> I guess that makes sense. It's not that long no it's just been like just over a year maybe close to a year and a half now and we only used to release episodes twice a month and now we're doing more crazy maybe i should have brought a drink an actual drink to celebrate yeah let's not talk about that <laughs> want some champagne okay, some I'll, I'll leave this i'll leave this recording <laughs> leave right now <laughs> and now the episode is just me <laughs> I'm like honestly I feel like you could talk about this book for the whole episode you I really could uh yeah I guess let's just kind of get into it um so this is a really on brand for us for 50 episodes we we're talking about a Sarah J Mass book um Kingdom of Ash, the final book in the Throne of Glass series. Um, I feel, I'm just going to warn you guys now, if you're listening, I feel like this is going to be a long and chaotic episode because it was a very long and chaotic book. Yes, but in a good way. Yeah. Chaotic wonder, good. Yes, chaotic good. Um, Spoiler free. He- yeah, spoiler free. We did hate on the last book a little bit. <laughs> Let me tell you right now, I would read the last book again a thousand times to then get to this book. A thousand percent. And I know because I've seen a lot of people on TikTok who say that they skip Tower of Dawn because they hate Kaol after like the progression of the series. I just, I think... That it was good that we read Tower of Dawn. Because despite, I mean, I never really hated Kaol. There were times where I thought he was annoying, but I liked his like redemption arc and I really liked Yurin's character in Tower of Dawn. And like it all comes back. It's so relevant. Everything is relevant. Also, yeah, I love Yurin. Mm-hmm. Um and like Hassar and Sartak come to into this book as well. Is yeah. like in this book too I feel like you just wouldn't understand what was happening if you skipped the book yeah um although it wasn't 
like I, we obviously didn't like it very much but <laughs> that doesn't change the fact that you should read it <laughs> and honestly after reading this last book like you can like this was Sarah J Mass's first series and you can tell that by this last book she really like found her writing style because this is like what I was expecting when I picked up Throne of Glass like yeah it was I don't I don't want to say it was worth the wait it was definitely disappointing in the beginning mm -hmm. um however it is also like it was her first series it was like this was all new to her but yeah by the end of it that it's Sarah J Mass at the end of the book the beginning is like not quite there the yeah. ending that's her yeah I think like the first four books for me well maybe not even that I do think I liked the series a lot more than you did um I just had a like because I really liked the characters in this series like all throughout it was just some issues that I had with the writing style in the earlier books just because they were written for a younger audience and I had a hard time getting past that but I feel like if the same like storyline had been written for like our demographic which we kind of saw at like the start of Queen of Shadows and Empire of Storms I think I would have really loved like the entire series yeah if it started at that level I think I would have too I just like the beginning was so just fine for me <laughs> that it like as the series as a whole wasn't maybe my favorite mm -hmm. yeah no I think as a series I still like Akatar better but this book Kingdom of Ash comes really fucking close to A Court of Mist and Fury for me. Like, I l fucking loved this book. Also, I, I like the female characters in this book better than I like the female characters in Akatar. Same. Like, and like the, even the male characters in this book are like pretty just very at the same level as... Yeah the male characters in Akatar. So it's like, I think the characters in this book in general, like, yeah, I just, I just kind of wish I had read this series yeah, sooner. Younger. Like when it came out. Yeah. Cause I would have probably been obsessed with this series. I might've like, I think if I had read the series first when I was like, even 18, I probably would have liked it more than Akatar just because of the female characters in this series. Yeah. Aelin, Lysandra, Manon, Irene, Manon. Literally love them all. Yeah. Love them all. Elide. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Huge fan. <laughs> also, you know what I, re I, I learned the other day? It's actually supposed to be pronounced Manon. No. Exactly. <laughs> you know what? No. <laughs> I love how we're always like obsessed with Sarah J Mass, and we're like I love your work I love your characters I love your writing however will I pronounce the names correctly absolutely not but it just like comes to a point especially we're at the end of the series we've read the whole series I've created the character in my brain as Manon mm -hmm. and if you're like no no it's pronounced Menon 
where does that fit in my brain? It doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's no room now. But yeah, like, I like the female characters in this book so much that I have, like, I'm now considering getting tattoos for these characters. Where, like, I don't have, I don't want a Feyre tattoo. No. I don't want a Nesta tattoo because I don't relate to her. I don't want an Elaine tattoo. Because she hasn't, maybe she'll, in her book, become a thing. We should stop talking about Akadar. Um yeah, We're getting... It's too easy to get sucked in. This yeah. book. This specific book. Incredible. An emotional... It is, it is the longest one. Yeah, it's like almost 900 pages. Oh, it's over 900 pages. Ooh. Yeah. It's almost a thousand pages. And it was a roller coaster from start to finish. <laughs> I... I... I honestly had no idea where it was going at some point. So I was like, what in the world is happening right now? Same. I've never been so like sweaty and stressed while reading a book. I was just. And also excited at times, but it was like. We, we kind of predicted correctly that the last book would be like the last hundred pages of a Sarah J Mass book where like you get just you have no idea what's going on yeah it was it was an entire book of that I will say also our predictions were kind of correct yeah we did have some pretty good uh predictions there was yeah some things that I didn't predict that hurt my feelings um some some things no one could have predicted i what literally and like while you're reading this book you kind of like get to a point at some parts where you're like oh my god i think this is gonna happen and then it doesn't happen and you're like oh okay good and then you're like wait no just kidding i think it is actually gonna happen and then you're like okay wait no we're good everything's fine and then you're like wait is it gonna what and then you're like wait okay everything's fine and then like Sometimes it'll, like, the chapters will end on a cliffhanger and it'll be like, this is this very intense thing that happened. And now we're in a new perspective. And then you're like, okay, well, I have to keep reading because I need to know. Yeah, there's like, there's a certain point you hit in the book. Uh, It was like right after we were talking and you're like, okay, well, you're not going to sleep tonight. And I was like... (laughs) I think I'll be fine because I hadn't I hadn't had that at any point in this book and and you were right I was up until like 2 a.m so I was like well I need to keep reading now yeah because Katrina and I facetimed like two days ago because I finished the book super fast because I was healing from my surgery and then Katrina um said she was like well I my plan is to read chapters 80 to 90 and I was like, I like looked and I like skimmed and I was like, probably going to finish the book tonight, bud. Like, I hate to break okay, it to you. You can't stop at chapter 90. <laughs> Did I was... even consider stopping at chapter 90? No. Because <laughs> like, there was one, the, there's one part in the book and it's, if you know, you know, but it's chapter 89. And I was like, mm-hmm. That's uh. 
that's the point of no return. Oh, yep. <laughs> okay, maybe let's just get into the spoilers. I feel like there's nothing spoiler-free we can say. We've read nine books of the series. No, why do I keep saying nine? We've established it's not nine. It's Eight it. books. You know what it's about. We've done the episodes. We've done the predictions. Do you have an overall rating? Hmm. <laughs> hmm. I'm going to give it a 9.5. Seriously? Wow. You? I'm going to give it like over 10. I'm going to give it a 14. Really? Yeah. It was like just below A Court of Mist and Fury for me. There were parts that I love loved. There were other parts that I was like, okay, (laughs) I need something else to happen. Um, And then I feel like just for me, some of the solutions were just so outrageous that it didn't feel like obviously not realistic i always use that term when talking about fairy fictions um not what i mean i know it's not realistic but like you know when there's a solution to a problem but it doesn't fit in the realm of what's reasonable in this setting that's how i felt at some points where i was like okay like i see that that's the solution it works out but I don't see how that ties in. Okay. So I just felt like it was kind of like some of the things were out of left field. And I was like, I'm happy for you. But also I wish it was something more relevant. Okay. Is just how I felt at some points in the book. But other than that, like I, I obviously loved it. I read this. I read 900 pages very fast. Not as yeah. fast as you, but <laughs> very fast. To be fair, I was bedridden. So like <laughs> I had nothing to do except read yeah no for me this book like maybe a 10 fair enough I just feel like I mean even like from the get-go I've been a little more invested in this series than you have been yeah and like I I've love I love the characters like I am so invested in all of their storylines and um like Obviously, a part of the reason why I couldn't put this book down was because I was bedridden. But, like, I also could have been doing school. And I simply did not. Like, I I took two days off of school to read this book. <laughs> like, Yeah, I, I do want to, like, contextualize how we read these 900 pages. Both of us are meant to be studying for finals. <laughs> If it, if it was any other 900-page book, I think we would have actually had a hard time. I think so, 100%. And I think that's also why, like, because you and I, we're both, like, quite responsible people. And we, like, are, are also both very studious. And we both, like, prioritize our school a lot. So for a book to make us, like, also, we love to sleep. So if a book keeps us up till 2 in the morning that's a good fucking book like it is a good book usually that never happens only certain i'll I'll give it a 10 i haven't i haven't had to stay up like an outrageously long like i literally just sat and read for like six hours i was like (laughs) my eyes were getting tired but my brain would not let it happen (laughs) 
<laughs> and like, yeah, so that's why it, like it broke the scale for me. And it, it does catch it. Like when I finished this book, it made me kind of, well, first I felt empty afterwards a little bit. Cause like finishing a Sarah J Mass series for the first time, I was like, oh fuck. And like, as you know, I love the characters. I was like, so I'm just not going to potentially see these characters again but like obviously we we kind of know about the Sarah J Mass universe theory that's happening so like we'll probably see them again but I feel like the the ending not the ending like mid ending kind of ending of this book made it quite clear mm-hmm. that it won't be the end of seeing these characters even though it's the end of the series which I'm very happy like, about it, <laughs> the worlds <laughs> they're all there (laughs) they're all in this book yeah no I double checked like when the copyright was for this and the copyright for this was when like oh it was one of the last three books of Akatar was coming out it was at like the same time so like Sarah Jamas had like planned this since hold on 2018 so the past like four years this has been kind of coming together um but yeah no I I need the characters to come back because yeah I feel like this is this is the one where like I've liked Aelin throughout I like her as a character but I've never like passionately loved her I just liked her this book I was like you are the greatest thing ever (laughs) I want to be you (laughs) oh also yeah right up top I we've talked about this before like mostly with a court of silver flames but reading a Sarah J Mass book while you're fucking bedridden and not able to like go to the gym and pretend to like be these characters it's fucking torture like I don't know what it is about like Sarah J Mass's writing style that like makes me want to be as badass as I can be and therefore never in my life have I been more motivated to work out than reading Sarah J Mass, which is just <laughs> the weirdest thing why do you work out because I read it's like what no one would anticipate that but I'm like all I want is for someone to call me witchling and for <sighs> me to battle someone what what can I tell you right I just want a sword like and I want to learn realistically I don't think I could wield a sword like at all I could see you as a dagger girl I think I would have to go down like imagine like a 40 pound sword oh no my arm would fall out of the socket for sure very embarrassing (laughs) to watch (laughs) I think I could do a sword also, I'm just thinking about swords now, so we're jumping right into a random part of the book. Okay, cool. Spoiler time. <laughs> Aiden, Aiden, whoa, Aideon getting stabbed in the armpit was so funny to me <laughs> because I was like, this this man could have been stabbed anywhere. Why did the word armpit have to be written in there? You know what? I I agree. I found it a little a little funny. 
but also very stressful. Like this whole book, I was like, yeah, so (laughs) yeah, I was like this whole book. I was very afraid that Adion, well, not this whole book. Adion pissed me off a lot for like the first three quarters of this book. But then I got really stressed out because him and Lysandra kept being like, oh, after the war. And I was like, what if one of you doesn't make it? (laughs) Yeah, he he is the obviously there's other characters I don't care for. He is one of the one main characters that I don't love. Mm. I mm, Lysandra is too wonderful um, and I passionately love her as well Mm -hmm. for Adion to be forgiven I forgave him at the end at the end yeah yeah but I I just don't like I thought, him very yeah. much like he's fine yeah I just like I loved their dynamic in Empire of Storms so I was just like really hoping they were gonna work it out but also I love that like I I, I found with this book specifically because I appreciate hold on I'm my thoughts um I appreciated that in this book because there were so many romances and they were like all different you know I feel like in previous Sarah J Mass books it's been very like one romance focused where like it's hard at first and then they fall in love and then blah 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 and that happened with like spoiler alert for Akatar, um Feyre and Tamlin and then Feyre and Resand later and then Nesta and Cassian and it's very like kind of different characters but similar blueprint but I liked that in this book all of the different romances were just like completely different from one another I did too all the dynamics were very different so if you like if you don't like a kind of romance it's not like a the be all end all because there will be other ones throughout mm-hmm. the book. If if you had to pick a favorite, a rom- I remember we did this last time because I was passionate about Lorcan <laughs> and Elide. I will. I will. I don't think I can sway from Manon and Dorian. I, mm, there were times, honest, go on. Were you swaying? There were times what? In the beginning of the book, I didn't love it quite as much because I think at the end of Empire of Storms, I was like, they're going to be in love in the next book. But I kind of liked that it wasn't like easy for them. And they were both like dealing with, like Dorian especially was like dealing with trauma um after Sorsha. But I kind of liked that they just like respected each other and like didn't necessarily like push for like when Dorian or Manon was like, What if we get married? What if I be your queen? And he was like, You would hate that. So I liked I- that they're like the respect was there but they're like obviously like they care for each other a lot. And then like in the end when he's like only one which is going to be my queen, re- referring to Manon, I was like, and then they like they kind of realized at the end of the book, like, oh shit, maybe we should get over ourselves and like give this a shot. I was like, yes, thank you. Yes. 
Um, fair enough. I also loved loved their storyline. Obviously, Manon is my favorite storyline. I stand by in that. general, exactly. In and general. also Dorian, like Manon and Dorian's storylines, like separate from each other, are two of my favorite storylines. Dorian's character development throughout this, just not even like him as a person but just like from the first book where he had to get dragged up the stairs to run because he was just useless to this one where he is literally saving the day i'm like oh sweet dorian you've grown so much and i want him to be the happiest man Mm -hmm. i just like he's very close to like reese for me i'm like 800 percent sure they're related like, I I'm not letting that go. My shit. If they I'm, end up, I think they're related. I think they're related too. I don't know how, but and he just got so powerful. Whew. I. But I honestly have a hard time deciding if I like Lorcan and Elide's story more. Something about a crusty, <laughs> mean, grumpy man. <laughs> That's just furious. <laughs> I love, like, I love Lorgan's storyline as well. He's just so mad all the time. Hates everyone. He's, he's dealing with some things. But, like, for me, what Lorgan did, yes, obviously terrible. I think his reasons were significantly better than Adion being a dick to Lysandra. So <laughs> I forgave Lorgan way easier than I forgave Adion. Same, especially because you find out that Lorcan's reasons weren't what we thought they were. Because, like, Elide thought that he was crawling after the queen, but really he was crawling trying to get Aelin. I forgave Lorcan so... way faster. Hmm? I forgave Lorcan way faster, too. Yeah, significantly faster. And just, like, uh, I love how mad he is all the time. <laughs> He just likes Elide. I love that dynamic. Yeah, no, Lorcan and Elide are like a very close second for me. But like, you just can't, you can't top Manon and Dorian. I yeah. relate to Manon a lot. You're because... drawn to Manon more. Mm-hmm. I I do like the power dynamic between um, Manon and Dorian more. Mm-hmm. Where they full on challenge each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do like that, but just something about crusty, grumpy Lorcan. <laughs> <laughs> love that man. <laughs> you love a good crusty, grumpy man. What can I say? I was just act- I was looking at the contents page, and I thought all of my notes were on the contents page, and I was like, how did I legit have a note in every single chapter? <laughs> like laid out but only one in every single chapter and I was like that's so weird and I realized I was looking at the table of contents and not (laughs) not my notes yeah no I I've got a lot of notes for this book so like brace yourselves listeners I'm gonna go in chronological order I know you prefer the chaos but I I'll do my best to stay on on vague topic cool um, immediately, I want to talk about Adion, like, in more detail, because... Good. That is my first note as well. <laughs> it was on Adion. All I wrote was... 
it was for the greater good idiot (laughs) exactly like the fact and also just like grow up a bit like the fact that he wouldn't like he would just completely ignore lysandra also the fact that he thought lysandra owed him anything over aelin right what and how dare you it was a smart fucking plan like up until the point where they were getting fucked and aelin wasn't around yeah like but they needed it in the beginning exactly and like Like, why was it aiden or oh my god i don't keep saying aiden (laughs) Like, why was it Adion's call at any point to be like, you can't do that? Excuse me? Lysandra can do what she wants to? Because she's perfect. Like, and she's doing it for the greater good. Like, they they needed that. Like, they needed, like, an image. I, to- I totally understand Aelin's ideas. I kind of understand, like, I do, I definitely understand Adion being, like, frustrated that he wasn't in on the plan when he, like, was dreaming of being Aelin's essentially, like, second in command for so many years, and, like, he is a commander, so, like, I get it, I understand being mad, however, I don't understand treating people like this, specifically Lysandra. No, I feel like if I was Adion, I would have been more angry at Aelin. Right? Because it was her call to not let him in on the plan. Obviously, Aelin doesn't want to tell. Lysandra's not going to be like, mm, don't care what you think, I'm going to tell him. So, like, why why are you blaming it all on Lysandra and being like, oh, Aelin, you're good, though. Yeah, I don't understand. I don't understand. Like, yeah, I do understand to-, to a point. But it took a long time for him to realize that he was being stupid, and it took Lysandra almost dying for him to realize that. So I was just kind of like... Yeah, I had had a strong dislike for this man for like a good three quarters of the book. Mm -hmm. However, my next note, we it was one of our predictions, we were right, Evangeline came back into play. And that was how you called that one. mm -hmm. I love Adion's relationship with Evangeline even when um he was being a bit of a dick the way he treated Evangeline and like the like the way Evangeline just looked up to him so much I thought it was very cute and I think that was like the first like little foreshadowing but where I was like I think they're gonna work it out yeah I Evangeline in this story was so good i didn't anticipate her being like the actual character if that makes sense i also didn't i just found like the way she played into like the war was it a battle or war war now okay when aelin's like yeah maybe he just doesn't want to talk i was like i bet he doesn't terribly sad part of the book yeah also back to Dorian and Manon kind of like similar vibe but when Dorian opened up to Manon and his magic got like easier for him and I just have the quote that's like where the edge had dulled in his chest his magic now flowed freer as if it too had been freed from those inner restraints he'd loosened slightly last night what he'd opened up revealed to her a sort of freedom of letting go 
I feel like maybe I should have seen this coming. <laughs> when uh Nezrin, Adion, all of them, uh, Kale were doing their thing in a battle, you know, running away, having a hard time, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh when Aelin, Rowan, and the others entered the tent. And I was like, that's where they were going. They're here. <laughs> I, did, I didn't know where they were going. I didn't know. I had no idea either. Up. I was and, so lost. And literally, it's like, it's like the last person he expected to see walk through that tent. And I was like, who came? <laughs> who was here? And I'm like, oh, obviously the people that have been traveling. <laughs> I had the exact same like train of thought I had no idea I was like picking I don't even know who I was picking the most obscure characters <laughs> you're like, I was very like, clearly it's the three of them or four <laughs> of them whatever three of them who's there five of them whatever doesn't matter but no I just like I was like what happens to me although it definitely adds to the surprise of reading because our brains apparently work incredibly slowly while we read honestly i will i don't hate that i'm stupid because i am so easily entertained like even when it comes to like a book is so bad that we see the plot coming (laughs) that's bad that's how you know it's bad because we collectively share one brain cell between this podcast so if we see something coming, that's yeah. not a good sign. Fun reading is meant for like my brain to be off. Like I don't mm-hmm. I don't like to be thinking that hard when I'm reading. Yeah. Which can I'll- get challenging when I'm reading like a <laughs> something that takes more intellectual power. <laughs> Where I'm like, what's happening to me right now? I have to think. I have to pay yeah. attention. There's no one with pointy ears. <laughs> okay. I just want to backtrack. Again, kind of back to Aelin's rescue. When Rowan made Gavriel heal Karen so he could skin him alive and torture him. <laughs> 10 out of 10. These are the kinds of murders of bad guys that I was hoping for. I thought if we were going to get another Aboran murder, I was going to lose it. Yeah. So I'm very glad that Karen was brutally murdered. I needed that. Same. And I'm so happy that Rowan got to do it. And like, oh. And like, the fact that Aelin, when she came back, was, like, completely healed, even her previous fucking wounds, because she was so brutally tortured that in order to heal her, they had taken away her previous scars. That is so fucked up. Including, yeah, this like, is very dark. Like, it's very dark. <laughs> and, like, even scars that she, like, wanted to keep. Her tattoo, like, she was, like, and that's and that like played into like she doesn't know what to feel because she no longer her scars were like part of her identity for so long and like so for those like wanting to name was like what the fuck babe what the fuck 
so you can get in fast enough so we don't both die i was like i swear to god a lie if you throw him off this horse <laughs> it was it was beautiful the whole plot beautiful the like this was like obviously not the redemption arc for us because we forgave him immediately but this like redemption arc was beautiful yes it was like you can't dislike Lorcan after this and like it made because like there was a point where I was kind of disliking Elide for not forgiving Lorcan, but the fact that she literally like she's she's got a fucking janky ankle and she was just like I'm doing it. I am gonna get on this horse that is a certified problem for everyone around it, <laughs> and I am going to tame that horse, and I am going to save this grumpy ass. <laughs> beautiful man and we're gonna live happily ever after and then it happened kind of at the end but i honestly did not know like i didn't see something happening at that point i assumed everyone was gonna get out and the water would come through but they were all safe up there mm -hmm is how I had envisioned the story going and it was just going to end there. Mm -hmm. um, and then once it's clear that, no, no, people are still on the battlefield. If the wave hits, they're all going to die. I was yeah. like, what is, what is the solution? <laughs> I didn't know. Turns out Aelin is the solution and just like evaporated an the entire... entire dam. Yeah. Because she was holding on to her power for, like, months. Because it was just, like, she couldn't use it. And holy fuck. That mental image is also so cool. So that badass. is such a cool image. Also, just real quick. Again, I'm backtracking a bit. You know who I... We did not predict this person coming back into play. Caltain. I also... Rough. Like, she has done some valuable things in this story. We were harsh on her in the first book. We hated her. But, like, I also like that she got, like, she kind of forgave Dorian for not being good. And she was like, well, I was, like, doing a bunch of drugs and trying to marry you so that I could be queen. I'm not perfect. And he was like, I'm not perfect. I'm like, no one's perfect. Hannah Montana. <laughs> And then when Dorian, this is like the conversation that he's having with Caltaine, and he's she's like, who do you want to be? And he just goes, someone worthy of my friends. I love him. I love, I love him. him so much. And speaking of respectful men in this story, <laughs> when, one, when Manon offered to marry Dorian. Mm-hmm. My only note is this is what dreams are made of. Because <laughs> I was like, because I love this. Um, <laughs> and then when Dorian was like, basically, no, like you don't want this. Like you're just saying that for whatever reason, but it's not what you want. I was like, you're so respectful. I love I you. 
I hope that if we see them again, like in the series, when like the meshing between universes comes, I do hope that they get married, or at least they like for like they're together forever. You can't convince me otherwise. I hated when Adion. I know we kind of like touched on this, but when he like fully lashed out at Lysandra and he was like, your plan was bullshit and like was just so mean to her. I understand it's because his people were dying. But I didn't think Adion could have recovered from. No, I. This man didn't really have a redemption arc for me. He just almost died and therefore <laughs> was redeemed. Um, but it doesn't solve my issues with him. I still don't like him that much. Agreed. Also, I was very stressed when, because, like, obviously we love Dorian, when Aelin kind of, like, came to the conclusion that, like, if Dorian had the keys, he would have to be the one to seal the gate because she had to go to, like, Terrasin and she had to go to, like, other places. I was like, um, I disagree with you respectfully and also disrespectfully. Um, I would much rather you forge the lock personally. Savage. I just, I didn't love it. I didn't love it. I was stressed for most of the book because very early on, she's like, I can't, like, it would take me too long to find Dorian. So he has to be the one to, like, do this. And I was like, mm, are you sure? Are you that's, that's not fair. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> I know it's also not fair for you to have to forge the lock. However, I am in love with Dorian. So, I'm biased, and this is my opinion. When he went to Morath and was, like, one, when Maeve found him, I was like, well, this is the end. Yeah, I thought he was just going to die then. I thought he was going to get another collar put on him. Um, That would almost be worse. Yeah, I thought that's what it was going to be, but then he would be able to fight this one, Mm -hmm. like Caltain did. Uh, you know don't know where i was going with it but that's what i assumed was gonna happen as soon as she got him and then they were like friends and i was like what in the actual f is going on right now they're gonna get married they were more than friends they were thinking about forging a fucking alliance and i was like is this real like is he actually like i'm obviously i know he thought like some of it was tricks, but I just didn't know to what extent this was a trick if he was actually willing to work with her in order to do something else. And I was like, is he is he gonna marry this woman? I know. And also I remember I sent you a voice memo a while ago, like when we started reading the book, because I forgot to mention in my predictions that Dorian was another person who I could have seen betraying Aelin in this book. So when this was happening, I was like, No, no way. There's no way. But then, obviously, I was very happy with the outcome. Because Dorian is so powerful that Maeve couldn't even penetrate his mind because he just decided to shapeshift his fucking thoughts. I had no idea where that was going. That whole scene, you had to, like, think, read a little bit. where you're like, A little bit, yeah. Who's, wh- whose brain are we in? <laughs> <laughs> also... I just want to talk about Kale, Kale's home for a second. 
<laughs> that he made it to. He did. He did go there. But when you found out that his dad had kept the letters from him, and that his mom had like finally walked out with his. I- I was so happy to hear that his mom had walked out. That was great. The letters thing was so sad. I'm very glad that wrapped up in the end as like there was a closure for his mom and Gail. Because if that just ended at that, I would not recover well. Me either. I, I wouldn't recover. Not just wouldn't recover well. I just wouldn't recover. I don't think I fully grasped just how twisted Kale's dad was until this book like I knew he was a dick because we met him previously and I knew he was just like an ass but I didn't realize that he was like evil yeah he's like full-on a terrible person okay yeah this this was the point where I was like okay Dorian and Reese are related and I have accepted that um when when he tied off Maeve's mind and like basically held her there for Erewhon to find her and like flew out and left with all the keys and I was like that was maybe the coolest thing anyone has ever done um who are you related to rice and 100%, 100% I believe it now 100% I and like the I mean I know that Reese's eyes are like purple but the sapphire and like the purple I don't know they tie together in my mind yeah I I don't know what it is but it's definitely the same family line I believe it in my deep heart and it (laughs) will be true if I want it to be I'm gonna will it to be true we are manifesting here um another quote that I have from Rowan it was like when Aelin was like finally telling him about everything that happened and how she like didn't know what was real and like she talks about how in the realities that Maeve like wove together they were happy and like they did it they both didn't have to go through the hardships that they went through like there was no I think her name was Lyria who was like Rowan's fake mate who also poor girl she was just like an expendable experiment basically yeah like what the fuck Maeve um but yeah and then Aelin kind of talks about how like even though they're she experienced realities where like they had it easy and they were just able to be together and like be in love how she would still like choose this reality and he says even if I had my choice of any dream realities, any perfect illusions, I would still choose you too. I was like, mm. this whole time, the battle that I was most looking forward to was between the witches. That that was what I wanted, and I wasn't sure really if we were going to get one. I thought they would kind of like meld into each army. Mm-hmm. and then fight like that I didn't think that we would get like an aerial battle of just the witches and I was so happy when we did just like the whole plot line of Manon getting the crown becoming mm-hmm. the Croatian queen getting everyone to fly to war in order 
to secure their new home and they're all happy and it's beautiful. I loved it so much. Also, like the fact that Manon was about to kill her grandma, but she was like, no, this is like Asterin's kill. I was like, yes. That was so nice. Furious that the grandma didn't die there, though. I wanted Asterin to kill her right there. (laughs) Right there. Immediately. Yeah, I. I needed I'm. I'm very happy that Astrid did get her her to I'm happy I'm not happy. <laughs> you know what she did get her revenge though. She did get her revenge and I'm happy about that. However, unnecessary. We'll get to that part when we when I'm there in my book. <laughs> yeah, not we're there. not there yet, but <laughs> <laughs> we will talk about it when we get there until then I'm not ready to talk about it. Oh my god, also, when Aelin, I feel like I'm way far behind you, Um, but when Aelin, like, finally reunites with, like, Lorcan and Elide and everyone else, like, they're finally all together, Um, and when Lorcan, or Aelin can kind of see that Elide will give Lorcan another chance at some point, like, she can just tell And Lorcan Mm -hmm. is like, no, that, like, whatever, like, you don't understand. And she's like, no, it's like, you have, she still likes you, you dumbass bitch. Um, That's not what she says. But then he, he just goes, he shut down the hope that filled his chest, foreign and unwanted. And I was like, don't shut it down. Don't shut it down. I love them them so much. (laughs) Grumpy old man. Also, we got a little bit of an Arabin cameo in this book. Obviously, it was like a fake memory. I think she like saw him in a dream. Yeah. Didn't love that. I just want him dead. I just don't. I don't care if he's fake. Fuck that guy. I never want them to be real. Mm-mm. Fucking hated that. When everyone thought that the queen was at the front line because Lysandra had shapeshifted back to Aelin. But she was super vulnerable because obviously she's not a fighter. But she was doing that to give them hope. And then she almost died and 80... Like, there's just this person... Actually, it was actually less than halfway through the book where this happened. So maybe Aedion, like, slightly... Not, like, a full redemption, but slightly redeemed himself because Adion was like so excited he's like oh my god Aelin's here we're saved and then he realized it's Lysandra and he like battles his way to her to save her I don't condone his actions but I liked him in this moment yeah I don't I never love when like realizing that you're wrong takes someone almost dying yeah I don't love that trope so much um I think Adion was a stupid, stupid boy, and <laughs> he's he's not wormed his way into my heart. I'm not like Lorcan did. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. No one will compare. No, I love that man so much. I don't know why. Because he's grumpy. I was just such a good... I'm just like thinking about a storyline throughout now and I'm like I passionately love you. 
Also, bruh, the witch towers? Those are so- Mentally, I feel like I'm not picturing them as they're meant to be. Like, for me, it's just like a tower. I mean, that's what I picture. But it's like, it doesn't look very interesting. So I'm like, there must be something more to it that's not going on here. Um, I mean, I just picture them as like really ancient towers. So they're like spooky, you know? Mm. And like black. <laughs> yeah, they have to be black. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah the, we, that was so dark when they're just throwing witches in there to yield and then, you know, blow up little bits of things. I was like, not little bits of things like well like yeah but like not like a huge explosion right they just mm. incinerate near vicinity <laughs> um <laughs> just a little one um but yeah i feel like that some of the war tactics in this book are so left field for me one part this is an earlier battle now where heads in helmets are getting launched at them what and then here witches jumping into this tower of mirrors to yield to their magic and basically end their own lives to then explode and end other people's lives i was like what is this i agree the heads i was not emotionally prepared for that i was like are you fucking joking Again, it was I feel a like that came out really randomly too. It was yeah. like... But like it wasn't that random because it was Ansel's like army that she had promised. They were like, they're coming, they're coming. They did. Yeah. And they died. And then their heads were used as weapons. Are you fucked? <laughs> yeah, it's just some of the tactics that were used. I'm like, Sarah J. Mass. Are you okay? Like, where are these thoughts coming from? <laughs> but yeah, and just, like, I did like how um, the kind of concept of a kingdom of ash came through, like, with the witch towers, because it says that, like, there was only ash and dented metal at, like, where the blast hit. I was like, oh, that's the kingdom of ash. That's going to have a monument. Um <laughs> Are we going to talk about the 13 yet? We're talking about the witch towers. <laughs> the conversation makes sense. I'm not. Hold on. <laughs> Let me just. I know you're not there chronologically, but on theme, we are there. I know. Fine. Hold on. But before. Hold on. Yeah, we can talk about the witch battle first. Yeah, because before we talk about. um the 13 when i thought abraxas was gonna die i don't think i would have finished the book if abraxas died <laughs> like, i think i would have just closed it and never opened it again i i do love that manon was basically like i will screw everything else that's going on you are not dying like i don't care yeah. about anything yeah i i would not have uh, i thought he was gonna die I also really thought he was going to die. It was terrifying. Um, very, very glad he did not think. That whole. Okay. <laughs> I gotta. I just gotta gather my thoughts for a second. 
Well, <laughs> this was the battle, though. When I talk about like the battle and the witches that I wanted, this is what I wanted. I wanted yeah. a like a showdown when Petra saved Abraxas. Also, the fact that Abraxas was literally dying and then still like, tried to stop Manon from like helping him it was like just... and he was like helping everyone like with the rocks to like make sure that even though he's like leaning out and legitimately dying he's bleeding from like, his neck because he would do anything for Manon and I was like oh my god I love you too and I love Petra now and when like, she was like she's mine like you can go to the wall it's fine she's mine because yeah uh the yellow legs had killed her wyvern i was like i was like yes you get your revenge get your fucking revenge i yeah this is like what i was wanting because i feel like honestly man in storyline as we've discussed is our favorite throughout like the entire series and i loved just something about the witch clans like even in the beginning when it was super super dark it was still really cool, you know, like everything about it was so cool. And then the fact that some of the witches like found their humanity, in, like including Petra and Manon and obviously the 13. I'm just like, yes. I, I, I just love that this all started from like us thinking Baba Yellow Legs had chicken legs. <laughs> we don't need to discuss that again. <laughs> Imagine the entire Yellow Legs clan just having chicken legs. It would ruin the visual. I'm glad we um fixed our mental image before this book. Otherwise, it wouldn't have been as intense. No, like man and battling someone with chicken legs. I'd be like, what? Also, like again, the imagery in this book was amazing because like the mental images I have for a lot of these scenes are just so vivid and like so emotional like the fact that the entire 13 left battle to help Abraxos and like put pressure on all of his wounds because his neck had a million slices through it like in the beginning of this book they would not have done that they were like weapons the the 13 were a cohesive weapon they were not meant to have feelings they were not meant to care about the wyverns but they do so much yeah it was a beautiful um so we're here now so we have to talk about it really? yes in order to destroy the witch tower everything about this scene i love hated uh, love because it was beautifully done. Hated because I wanted to die. Um, I love that it started with Astrid punching <laughs> Manon. <laughs> like that, that really set the tone for what was about to happen. But th that's also why I love the 13 so much because they are like, like they're all just so complex that like, I don't know, like, they have their soft sides and everything like that, but Asterin still punched Manon in the stomach so hard that she couldn't move. <laughs> Just to get her to live. Live Manon might be the most heartbreaking quote of this entire fucking book? Of the entire series? And also, like, when this was all unfolding, I was like, there's, 
I imagined some of them dying, or one of them dying. But the entire 13. In one fell swoop? Sarah J. Mass, you bitch! Yeah, the, the live manon, I was like, what are because I didn't I didn't know what they were about to do. Hear no. Me so but when I read Live Manon, I was like, what? Why are you telling her to live? Are you just gonna go back and fight? Um <laughs> and you are also gonna live. Yes, and then they punched her and then they flew in the sky, and I was like, oh no, oh no, something's gonna happen. However, I did love reading how they flew as a unit to like break basically an unbreakable front line i was like damn they're good like they're very good that's what yeah like that's what i mean like they are crazy like they are such powerful weapons were i guess it's past tense did you cry? Because I cried. I mean, I remember I said, I don't know if you're going to cry because you're not as <laughs> emotional as I am. I don't think I did at this part. No. This is when I was crying. This is when I was weeping. <laughs> this is the ugly cry for me. Yeah, I feel like this part was more of like a just like stunned for me where I was like, is it is that real? I'll keep reading. Uh, this it was one of those. I was literally sobbing, reading this book, repeating, what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? Because every t- I just, I anticipated with, like, the sacrifices of the 13s who, who, like, weren't quite as relevant to the story. I thought that meant that Asterin would live, or Sorrel would live, or, like, they would both live, like, the second and third in command, because they were, like, really important to the story. But then they all just kept dying. It was like, oh, dead. Oh, dead. Oh, these two, the ones who were inseparable, they died together, naturally. Fuck you, Sarah J. Mass. Yep. Well, it just, you know, casually, oh, there's one. There's another. I was like, stop killing them. <laughs> I, I expected it to stop at a certain point. Yeah, it was, um, they blew themselves up. It was wild. Uh, and then Glennis's quote at the end, it's at the end of chapter 90, and she is telling Manon when she's, like, mourning on the field, literally just kneeling there. Also, the fact that Abraxos lost his mate as a result of all of this shit. I didn't even know he had a mate. I literally just found out. And then <laughs> the mate gets murdered. You fuck. That's so unfair. And then, but yeah, when Glenna says, be the bridge, be the light. When iron melts, when flowers spring from fields of blood, let the land be witness and return home. And I was like, it's beautiful. But fuck you. Just a little bit. Just a little yeah, bit. it was... Uh... It was insane. And then right after that hectic, hectic scene where 13 die. Just one after the other. Just, you know, great. Love that. Then we get this beautiful moment where Dorian. Um, 
Oh, yeah. When Dorian and Kale unite. It's beautiful. <laughs> We're like, all right. The, the theme's going up now. A little bit happy. Um, what were your thoughts on them voting to do the locks? Or forge the lock? Or march? I kind of got it. I'm I'm anticipating that you didn't love it based off of No. I feel like that was kind of Aelin's whole thing. Like her vibe is she's very decisive. She's calculated. Mm-hmm. Like she thinks things through to like a wild extent and like is, you know, doesn't take anyone's no for an answer. So I feel like it was just kind of like a really significant change from everything else she's done being like yeah up to you like i get that this is like a life or death situation but i feel like there was a lot of life or death situations that she was like absolutely i know exactly what to do but i don't know this one just felt it didn't feel very alien-y you know i guess so i do understand though that she was i feel like alien her character did change a lot in this book and i think that was just kind of like a result of her trauma yeah and I, th- I i and i think she was trying to like unite the court as well and she didn't want to yeah. take something wrong like i get it i just didn't i think she was also like scared yeah like i think she was just like afraid of dying because she was like i've literally been through so much all i like i'm assuming all she wanted was to just see Terrison. she wanted to like see them victor you know what i didn't love about that it wasn't the voting i didn't love that she lost most of her powers i hate that trope I also didn't, but I feel like she had to. It would be weird if you could forge the lock and keep all your powers. But I feel like also she could have just, you know, like, taken it back, done something in there, you know? Yeah, I feel like with the the constant presence of magical loopholes throughout the Sarah J. Mass series, I think she could have made a loophole that meant that she got her powers back somehow like maybe in defying the gods she got new powers or like because or like maybe the god because she like opened hell yeah maybe she like took the powers of all the gods i don't know like something or like or like she didn't do it right she got her powers back i don't know exactly like maybe there was yeah i just feel like there could have been something there because, like, Aelin is obviously super powerful without the full extent of her powers, and she did have some flame magic left, but it was just, like, nothing compared to, like, when she finally went to battle on Terrison land, she didn't really use her fire at all, because mm-hmm. that's how little magic she had left. She had to use, like, her skills that she learned when she was an assassin. And I'm just kind of like, I'm like, why? I also just felt like if you knew that you were going to die if you forged the lock, but then also you were the only one that was strong enough to fight them, would you not consider fighting first and then dying? Yeah. Like, I I, I get the thought process. I know you want to forge the lock because you thought it was going to send back Erwan and blah, blah, blah. But I just feel like that's a very big risk to be like, I will be out of play. Mm-hmm. And I'm the only one that can stop them if this doesn't work. 
Exactly. Yeah, okay. that that I didn't understand. Like to me, I think we discussed this earlier where we were like, it does make way more sense for Dorian to forge the lock. Yeah. Less I, so I, towards the end because he did get like super fucking powerful, but like I love that they decided to do it together. Um, I needed that. I needed that too. And it's funny because it's such a fucking simple solution, but I did not anticipate. I also did not see that coming at all. I was like, <laughs> together. <laughs> no way and then that whole scene i was like oh no oh no are they dying are they dying and another fucking surprise character revealed the king that no part of me was ready for i feel horrible for dorian obviously it's very sad to know that the king was actually just like a good guy guy who was fighting so hard he fought forever and you know what when they were like uh nameless is the price and then the king was like yeah he took my name and i was like oh my god nameless we don't know his name no brain (laughs) like no brain we know everyone else's full names and i was like how did we not even vaguely consider that right now? Um, yeah, that uh, um, jaw was on the floor when Dorian's dad walked out. I was like, what is happening? That was the gif I sent you. And I was like, what is happening right now? Yeah, generally throughout this entire book, I was confused and surprised every turn of the page. Um, yeah. Also did not anticipate that. And again, I kind of felt bad for Adion when he was stripped of his rank. I was oh, like, yeah. pretty harsh. I was like, bruh. Don't kick a man when he's down. He's like experiencing everyone dying around him. Yeah, he's having a hard day. <laughs> and like he's yeah, fucking and I did enjoy that. Um I did enjoy that everyone just kind of continued to treat Adeon like he was a general. They were just kind of like, fuck you, Darrow. I did like, like the general cool. theme of this book where just no one listened to Darrow. Yeah. Yeah, he's a very short but effective redemption at the end though. Yes, a very short and effective redemption, but I loved that throughout this book everyone was just like like everyone who wasn't from Terrison was like I'm just not going to talk to you. I'm only going to talk to Aelin and Adion. And then like when Adion is stripped of his rank, they're like, "Well, he's still general, so you did nothing." Yeah, I uh, the whole forging of the lock scene was stressful. Like, I didn't know where anything was going at any point when Dorian gets thrown out, and then he obviously wakes back up. And then Rowan's like, I should have known that Aelin would never let her friend sacrifice himself. I was like, Oh my god, you're right, honestly. (laughs) Honestly. And I actually like kind of anticipated Aelin dying at one point. I was like, is this actually what's going to happen right now? Like with Rowan like feeling the strain on Bond. I hate that. I hate the mating Bond when they can feel it. I'm like, don't tell me that. (laughs) But you know what I don't understand? Maybe I missed something. Very possible. (laughs) Why take the bargain that 
instead of taking Erewhon with them, instead save Elena? Like, why was that something that Aelin considered? Because I think there, like, with the lock closed, there is a possibility of just killing him. Yeah, a possibility, but he's still, like, a very, very powerful Vlag, Vlag, (laughs) Valg King. And that was the whole point. Yeah, it was. Like, take him back. And also, Elena kind of screwed you over and put you in this position. Why are you helping her? Yeah, I don't really. I think it was just, like, the fact that, like, that death would be so permanent that it's, like, I don't know. I do I do kind of get it, but I I don't think I would have done that. I just thought that was so random and I was like, why would you do that? That's literally the whole point. It was and just like the fact that they were like, "Oh, okay. Well, we're just going to kill Elena and also you can keep Arrow one. We're not making bargains with anyone. So, now you're double fucked." <laughs> yeah, when when they kill her, I was like, "Damn." But like the whole thing is that Aelin no longer has her powers because they're getting stripped from her as she was forging the lock. So she doesn't have powers, and it's like, instead of you taking away the one person that I'm going to have a really hard time killing that I needed my powers for, let me save the woman that put me in this position in the first place so she can not just live her regular life and then die like a normal person, but continue to live in perpetual existence forever. Why? Yeah, I I don't know. I, I, I feel don't like know. it would have made more sense to just be like, ha, we weren't going to do it anyways, and then kill Elena. Like, we just used her to lure her here, here. Like, it I feel make- like if they wanted to kill her, you could have. Mm-hmm. It was There was no reason to make Aelin just kind of seem stupid at the end. Yeah, and also just like, or they could have been... It could have just been, like, different where she was like, what do I have to do to make Elena live, you know? Yeah, like, not the key point of forging the lock, but, like, (laughs) something else, maybe. I just, like, I didn't like that at all. I was like, I'm very confused as to what's happening. Yeah, and then just, like, I didn't like, and you know, I thought that maybe with Erewhon still alive, that meant that there was going to be the presence of a loophole that got Aelin to keep her powers. You know? Because it's like, oh, if Erewhon's still in play, that means Aelin's powers must still be in play. Just kidding. Like, that just Yeah, didn't... I feel like there's a lot that could have happened. I'm glad she, like, basically banished the gods and, you know... And fucked them. them up. Yeah. Um, With a bunch of demons. Big fan. Yeah, I like that, but, like... I don't know. I just, I didn't love the ending of that scene. I was like, that seems like a weirdly useless bargain for someone that's not very good. Yeah. Like, Elena obviously is not like a bad person, but she's not like particularly notably good at any point. Just kind of there. Like, I wasn't really attached to her character at all, but I guess it's like her ancestors as well. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I didn't love it. I agree with you, but like, I do kind of. I see the thought process. I just think it was a stupid thought process. And I also don't think it like really made sense for Aelin because she's super calculated and like. Yeah, he's... it was like that's the thing. The ending felt non-Aelin to me. Like but these bits. Also, like you I, I feel like Aelin is very used to like doing these like sneaky things and 
she's like fine she's like you know what I mean so I think it kind of made made it interesting that for once her plan didn't work yeah fair when it was like most important and it was like stressful and I didn't like it but I think that it like kind of was also more to show just how awful the gods were you know fair because it's like I think if she had done that with like a human or a fae or whatever they would have like she probably would have been able to get away with it or she would have had her powers and like whatever so it just kind of like I don't know I think it was to show that she like can't get away with everything I uh yeah the her falling between worlds to get back to our regular one was maybe the most exciting part of this whole book (laughs) where I was like it's true Sarah J Mass is blending the universes of the different storylines and um like no other part in the book was I thinking of like Crescent City and where I was like I need to read that because I was just thinking of this book obviously mm-hmm. when I read the falling between worlds and there's like an entire thing with like a winged fey male and I was like don't tell me that right now <laughs> at that moment I was like I need to immediately read Crescent City I ordered it it came in the mail yesterday <laughs> I'd love that you had the same thought process um but like the the worlds are there yeah a lyric you got this <laughs> wow i just <laughs> lost my mind entirely uh but, but like the warriors are there and i was like oh my god the worlds are coming together so maybe some of the worlds are from crescent city and i just didn't know yeah okay i need to backtrack like a lot so we're gonna go there um okay. <laughs> when dorian turns into a woman for the first time I found that absolutely hilarious. I my favorite part was like the thought process that Dorian has <laughs> is exactly what Manon says to Dorian, being like, "Have you done anything yet?" And he's like, "I was just thinking that." <laughs> and he's like, "He was like, there's the manner of his breasts, which he had never imagined to be so cumbersome." And like, I just like the mental image of a, a straight man. <laughs> Being in a woman's body for the first time, being like, I could, I could learn some things. And then Manon's like, did you learn some things? And he's like, we don't really have time for that right now. I'm a bit busy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Finding out that Rowan's like claiming marks stayed on her neck until the very end. And it was only when she had like given up that they faded that that was sad. <laughs> I, sometimes my heart just can't handle the things that Sarah J. Mass does, you know? Myrtle, when, because he's obviously old too, um, when he decided to fight in the battle, I was like, one, beautiful. And then two, he dies. And then I was like, damn, <laughs> there it is. That was quick. Um, very sad. Yeah, I didn't love that. However, I did love, this is Evangeli coming back to be just the greatest. Because she, she was just like, uh, thinking of Murtaugh and was like, 
if she'd been able to choose a grandfather for herself, it would have been him. And I was like, oh, that's a gut-wrenching thing to say. I know. Ugh. I know. I do love, like, the softness between Manon and Dorian that kind of evolves because, like, we went from... Again, I'm backtracking because we went from like Manon being this like really cold, calculating woman, but around Dorian, she gets like really soft. And like when he was about to go to Morath and she's like kind of trying to stop him, but she's not like really telling him why. And then he's like, why are you like trying to stop me from doing this? And she just says, because I don't want you to go. And I'm like, because she's worried he's going to die and she doesn't want him to die i like that it wasn't like an outrageous shift in her character though because i feel like that would have been a bit less fun to read whereas manon is still very cold calculating to basically everyone else yeah Um, except for the 13 she was nice to them um and abraxas and then lets dorian in a little bit and i was like "Mm." Mm." you know it's like like grumpy people i think And yeah, I like that it was like hard for her to open up. You know what I mean? It wasn't like she immediately softened to him. Like she didn't like, yeah, their dynamic just like really makes sense for them. I also am a big fan. It's like it started in maybe the first book. Okay. Um, The like, I think in the first book, it was like, my name is uh oh yeah sardothian and i will not be afraid i love that that comes back in in this book it's like her final stance basically and then she says her full name which i'm not even going to attempt to pronounce (laughs) and then she's like and i she would not be afraid and i was like i love that (laughs) me too i love that it's a consistent theme throughout the series but it's also not overdone no, because it's only said once in this book. Yeah, but it's said com- consistently enough throughout the series that like we remember it, and we remember yeah, that it comes from Sam, who didn't deserve to die and be tortured no, early on in the books. Just fuck. Anyways, um, I did love, and I'm sure you loved this too. I don't know why you don't have this noted because you seem to be way further in on your notes than me. Um. But when Elide finally forgives Lorcan, fucking finally, it's like more than halfway through the fucking book. And she says, like, I missed that. And he's like, he heard the unspoken words, I miss you. And it just says, Lorcan allowed himself a rare smile. And I was oh, like, I did love that, actually. I'm not gonna lie. Part of the reason I don't have notes in some parts of this book is because I was panic reading. So it was, I wasn't thinking about like, the reading in order for the podcast to happen I was reading because I was like what (laughs) and then I'd be like oh man I should write something down (laughs) a lot of this is just me thinking about it later on did not take a note at that point I think having a physical copy of a book helps with that because I have like a physical book and physical sticky notes so it's like I can see like I'll look at what I've been previously reading I'm like ah sticky notes yes one day once I once I move to somewhere I'm not gonna fly out of in three years ooh, <laughs> I'm gonna start buying books <laughs> also remember I this was like a really weird thing in our predictions 
I said like throne of glass and the goblet of fire or something just stupid like oh, that. Oh yes. And when Manon lit like the flame <laughs> the goblet. I envisioned it as like a cup. <laughs> or like a like a tall like obviously not a goblet but like a tall like the fucking shit that they like for the Olympics, you know? But like more Your rich- hand gestures to describe this are so unhelpful. I want you to know that. <laughs> this is this is not for the podcast because no one can see what you're doing, but like tall. What? <laughs> like tall. <laughs> okay. I'm not sure why giving me like the shape of the base is helping me understand the shape of the height, but it was nice. Thank you. Oh, fuck off. (laughs) I just wanted to take that opportunity to criticize you. Thank you. I expect nothing less. Oh, actually, you know what was repetitive a little bit that I didn't love? The constant like internal dialogue of Dorian where he was like maybe his magic like did make it so that he was invisible to Erewhon and then it like never was brought up again but it was constantly said you know yeah and it's like we never really got an answer we're we're like assuming that it was because Erewhon obviously didn't notice but it was just kind of like I don't know it was just kind of weird to me how like it was it was said at least three times in a very short period where Dorian was just like pondering to himself being like maybe the raw power of my magic makes me invisible to like other magic wielders and I'm like okay you said it it does it (laughs) (laughs) you're like I know maybe we're picking this out of context so we should know but I need you to tell me outright please Yeah, it was really weird questioning whether or not Maeve was good. Did you ever have that internal thought where you were like, maybe Maeve isn't a bad guy? Because there's this one quote I have where she's like, where Dorian's in the room of the word callers and he's like freaking out. And she's like, that's why I left. That's what it felt like in my world. And I was just kind of like, yeah, see, that wrong scene where I was like, maybe they are gonna, like, get married, and maybe this is part of the plot, maybe she isn't a bad person, I was none, I held true to nothing that I thought during that brief period of the book. It was very, I didn't know what to think. I was confused, I was lost, I was concerned. I am glad that that comes back later, though, the fact that, like, Maeve tried to, um, kind of undermine Erewhon I guess mm-hmm. I feel like it would have been weird to just let that go and have them work together um so I'm glad that was kind of how the battle was won by separating the two of them mm-hmm. um because I once they were together after like when they showed up I was like are we just gonna let that go <laughs> but also this is another one of my favorite quotes and and it's like the theme of friendship that we get throughout this entire book but he's saying to Maeve when he's like in her mind being super powerful, he's like, you hurt my friend. It will not be so very difficult to end you for it. And I was like, 
Look at that growth from Dorian. He was a child in the beginning. He was very useless. He came around. (laughs) And then, yeah, in like the same page, he says, and there's only one witch who will be my queen. And I was like, yeah, this was, I was fucking losing my mind when Dorian had his like revenge moment. He needed that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think eight, chapter 81, I know we're like past that now, but I, ha- I have like a sticky note because I went to bed. I read this in two days. So I read up to chapter 81 in like a day. And then I like opened the book and I realized how much I had read and how little I had left. And I was like, hmm, I don't anticipate things going well because there's not a lot of book left. And, and everything is, is wrong. And everything is wrong. And I literally just put a sticky note beside chapter 81. So I would remember that I was like, this is the point. This is the point where I am officially losing hope. Because like on the first page of that chapter, they say like, this is it. There's no one left coming to our aid. And they also constantly talk about how like, Adion and Lysandra's like army. They're like, there's like a point in the book where they say like, we have five days maximum until we all die basically and then the next chapter is from like Aelin Rowan Kale's perspective and they're like it was about a week and a half until they get to Terrison and I was like okay yeah I read that I was like I'm sorry what I was like so is Aelin just gonna walk up to a kingdom of ash is everyone just gonna be dead is she gonna just walk up to a field of Valg with dead bodies like did not love however i do love the presence of the little folk in this book i need to I, they're very integral to the story i think yeah and again i like that they weren't overdone but we knew who they were like we knew who they were from previous books but it wasn't to the point where like the little folk were like always helping aelin you know if that makes yeah sense. it was subtle enough earlier on Mm -hmm. that it wasn't like also who are these people Mm -hmm. oh my god but adion his redemption like moment for me was when he was talking to evangeline like before they were all about to die and he had that like huge monologue moment okay that was wholesome and he was like because she was feeling super nauseous and she was like throwing up because she was so stressed And then he was like, you're probably going to throw up again. This isn't going to be pretty. This isn't going to be fun. But he was like comforting her. And yeah, that's that was he did redeem himself for me at that point, like almost fully. He's not forgiven, but he's redeemed, if that makes sense. Kind of like Kale, where like. I I don't I'm not going to ignore the fact that Kale was a dick a lot of the times, especially to Aelin. But. I can move past it. Fair. And then when he's begging Lysandra to run away and she's just like, you're not asking our other allies to run. And he's like, because I'm not in love with them. Yeah. Good. (laughs) Finally. Why does it always take near death? (laughs) And again, I love when Manon arrives to the battlefield and she again, she's like, I am here because of Aelin. (laughs) Just so you know, Darrow, (laughs) like. This has nothing to do with you. 
Oh, something really funny that I just like sticky noted because it reminds me of people from Vancouver Mm -hmm. is when it starts snowing and Aelin says it's a northern snow. It just reminds me of how everyone in BC is like, no, it's a wet cold. It's different than the rest of Canada. It's a wet cold. (laughs) (laughs) That's such a Vancouver thing to say. It just immediately made me think of that. And I thought it was so fucking funny because if a lot of our listeners live in Canada and it's like everyone makes fun of people from BC because we can't handle the cold. And we're always just like, no, it's a wet cold. It's different. The rest of Canada is a dry cold. Yeah, because there's a difference, but it's still cold. <laughs> I don't know. I just found that line really fucking funny and I had to bring it up. I also loved Evangeline's monologue that she had when she was talking to Darrow and she was like explaining that she would have like loved to live in Caravere and like she's never felt like she's had a home and stuff like that and that was like the turning point for Darrow. Big fan. Big fan of Evangeline. Big fan of Evangeline. I love just the little soft spot that Darrow has for her. Mm -hmm. And then like in the same moment he like realizes how stupid he's been and he like reinstates Adion because I mean granted he never really stopped doing what he was doing before but yeah it's it's still like the principle of it ah fuck I met Gavriel is that where you are that was unexpected for me I'm not gonna lie I didn't expect it either because I expected it just sucks because they didn't really have like a full forgiveness moment between him and Adi. That's why I assumed he wasn't gonna die. I just thought, okay, like you still need to reconcile so you won't get murdered. <laughs> um, at this dead, point, you will sacrifice he's yourself. <laughs> he's dead. Um, and like it was one of those things where like I skimmed past this quote because I didn't think anything of it and then after Gavriel died I remembered this quote and I had to like backtrack because it just says Adion could have sworn something like joy and pride filled Gavriel's eyes joy and pride and sorrow heavy and old because he knew he was going to sacrifice himself in this moment yeah it was terribly um terribly sad unacceptable unacceptable i expected a redemption between the two of them i would have preferred adion die (laughs) right (laughs) but it makes sense i'm still sad about it i i feel like i was sad about that one just because i didn't i wasn't prepared for it yeah it just like came out of the blue for me or it's like oh you're dead now right or I thought he was going to live. I thought he was just going to be a badass fae. You know what I mean? And he was Yeah, I thought die. he was going to live. And he was going to, like, save Adion and also live? That wasn't the case. I definitely not what happened. <laughs> and then also the fact that Aelin was, like, she didn't give Gavriel the blood oath, you know? But he still sacrificed himself for Terrasin. And then she gave it to him afterwards. And I was like, Oof. I do like that. 
like a theme throughout this book is that Aelin likes to do everything herself, basically, and doesn't like to ask for help. I like that one of the main kills, like Erewhon getting killed, it's like Elide and Lysandra were like the big Mm -hmm. people that put that together. Obviously, Dorian was there, but like (laughs) the two of them put it together, and I'm like, I like that that wasn't really Aelin's thing. Like, it was... Same. And I like that Aelin... for help. Hmm? And I'm sorry. And I like that Yurene got her badass moment. Yurene is the most wonderful person. 100%. She's so powerful. And yeah, I love that Elide just, like, was so smart and just, like, got it. Um, another thing that I love that came back that I kind of forgot about, but Nehemia's name for Aelin, spirit that cannot be broken. I just hit my microphone. Whoops. Hopefully that didn't make a sound, but I loved that that came back in this book. Yeah, I like that Nehemia wasn't like just a part of the story previously and kind of let go. Mm hmm. Her character follows through until the end, which was nice. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm sorry, but Fenris and Maeve's final standoff, and like when Fenris was having the hardest time breaking. That final- was <laughs> so sad. But that's what I mean by like this the little secret language between them. I like that that carries through. Mm-hmm. And I do love that Dorian finds out his dad's name. See, you know what? That was the part that got me. I was like... That's what made you cry? Yes! When he was like... One, I passionately love Dorian, so I was like, anything that makes you sad will make me sad. But just like finding out that his dad fought so hard... And, like, despite the fact that Erewhon took his name, remembered it enough to pass it on to Dorian. And I was like, oh, my God. I did cry as person. It was beautiful. It was so beautiful. Because, like, I I had no idea what to expect. Maybe I should have expected it was Dorian, but. Yeah, no, I feel like like that also could have been something that was. (laughs) I didn't see it coming. (laughs) And just like, I'm sorry, but I want to just like slammed my book shut because it upset me so much. Just kidding. It was an accident. But I want to talk about, I want to talk about the visions that Rowan, Lorcan, and Fenris had. Individually. I want to break it down. (laughs) Fenris is mean. Um... (laughs) But just, it's chapter 114. Rowan... Um they're all so dark like honestly though the one that broke my heart the most was Lorcan's Lorcan (laughs) I know I loved it so much because you also love that grumpy old man I do I never claim to not (laughs) I know I'm just saying um but yeah it just like 
oh jack like the fact that i didn't really anticipate may like like we said earlier on i thought mave was just like a side villain you know like just kind of an annoying speed bump in the road because like we didn't really know the extent of her full powers until like literally the end of this book yeah that was um I honestly like it's just the whole scene I was like this is so unfair but just the Lorcan's reaction in his own hurt my feelings the most I think mm-hmm. when he says I think you are my mate I know this is skipping forward but when he's like I'll tie my life to yours <laughs> so we'll die together <laughs> Trust me, I know. I love them. I, I was love hoping them. that Elide would be immortal, though. You know? I yeah, I was also that hoping. That was, I was hoping there was going to be a way. Or one thing that I... That didn't really come full circle, that I wish did. Elide has witch's blood. Where did that plot line go? <laughs> yeah, I feel like that one kind of just faded out into nothing. When I thought that that was going to be used to make a light immortal so that her and Lorcan could be together because her, like, witch blood was going to become stronger somehow. Yeah, like, do something. I don't know, I feel like that was just a, kind of like a throwaway thing. Like, honestly, you're creating the magic. Please make that a loophole so she can live (laughs) forever. (laughs) This was like, you know how we feel about Akatar, where we're like, everyone needs to be happy. Yes. That's how I, I felt, felt that reading this book. I was like, no one can die. Everyone needs to be happy. Everyone needs to find their fucking soulmate, live together, be happy forever. Everyone's immortal so they can be happy literally until the end of time. <laughs> I do love that despite there being so many characters and so many like couples basically at the end, that you do get like the wrap up for every single one of them but not in a weird way like I, I wasn't like that's a weird way to put it it was very like cleanly done where I was like good we're all happy I agree yeah I I loved that can I ask what you thought about the like Faye from Terrison coming back yeah I was a bit surprised I didn't anticipate that this is what I mean I wasn't mad about it but it's it was things like that where I'm like yes that was a solution to the issues however I feel like there was so little lead up or like yeah surrounding information for it to make sense within this plot line and now here we go okay I guess you can open and open a door and they're all there I wish that there had been a little bit better of a seed planted because I I know when Aelin realized this, it's when they were packing up the camp to go to Terrison, like following the little people. And she was like, mm-hmm. I have an idea. And then it cuts off. Yeah. And it should have been, I just think it should have been a little more explained where she's like, I'm going to like try to find the lost Fae and get them to help us. I just had this idea. I think it could work, whatever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because then it just wouldn't come out of left field as much. Yeah. Or even just being like, have you heard of the lost Fae? And then end the chapter there. Yeah. Because then like, even just say it. Just say something. But yeah, for me, I don't know. Like, 
I don't I don't love it when things are wrapped up in those ways where it's like obviously it's your own universe you can create whatever you want but it just doesn't make sense in the story like it just comes out of nowhere mm-hmm. I I completely agree I feel like a better seed could have been planted because I'm sure they were mentioned in previous books because I, I do vaguely remember them talking about there being Faye and Terrison. Yeah, yeah. But not enough. It was it was similar to, like, the fact that the Southern Continent got its own book. You know what I mean? Like, a similar vibe where it's like, these things were mentioned once. And now we're just here and I'm expected to care. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm going to need a little bit more, more to grab onto. Mm-hmm. However, I was happy because it meant that they won, so... Yeah, like, yeah, I didn't have a problem with it in the end, however. <laughs> I still love the book, so. Can we talk about yes. Benry's using his power for the first time after Connell died to kill Maeve? And it worked? One amazing use. However, so sad for Fenris when, like, they needed him before. Mm-hmm. when like Lorcan was out there and he's like I'm like I'm sorry I can't I can't do it and I was like my heart breaks for this man and then he got to do it in order to kill her and I was like yes that one was for Connell a hundred percent a hundred percent and then everyone is dead victory mm-hmm. I did not anticipate the ring being what killed Maeve I probably should have because it was but I was just like oh my god you're right (laughs) oh my god (laughs) I also did not think she would die that way I assumed someone would do something but brutally murder her was more what I was hoping but I'm happy she experienced a lot of pain before death yeah so you know fair in the end when Elide and Lorcan after the battle are having their like cute little moment and they're like He's like, ask me to stay. She's like, will you stay? And like, that they do that whole like thing, that like banter thing. And he's like, ask me to marry you. And then she asks him to marry him. And he's like, I'll think about it. I was like, that. I was like, I love that so much. I love him. I love them. I love it all. And I love that, like, towards the end of the book, they, like, all the characters kind of get their snarkiness back. Like, I, like, I feel like, like they're healing in the end. Yeah. Cause, like, Rowan was talking to Aelin about, like, the castle or whatever. And, um, she's like, oh, this is going to be great for Fleetfoot. And he was like, I'm sure your ancestors had canine bathroom, bathroom habits in mind when they built it. And I was just like, oh, you're healing. You guys are getting your, like, snarky energy back like they're happy again it is sad though even after the victory where you're like yes we're all happy and together then you're sad again because then everyone has to leave each other okay also to loop back i know mostly you think that it didn't make sense that aelin brought it to a vote but it did come back in the end where she was like, I think everyone should have to vote on big things. So maybe that was kind of tying in. It was like she wanted people to vote so that she wouldn't be a dictator. 
fair I think that's kind of I think that was the point yeah like 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 I get it I just feel like I was more on Rowan's side where like well you know it is your life that you're sacrificing you should probably get a say fair enough And also just another mental image for you. The mental image of all of the fucking badass women in this series walking together through, like, the parade. I love it. I love it. God, like, just the imagery in this book is fucking insane. Like, to me, that was one of my favorite parts in the book. Even though it was, like, not, like, a big thing. It was, like, a sentence. Incredible. Also, my favorite part with Yurin is when she just, like, when Manon and Dorian were talking about, like, oh, maybe you could, like, train my, like, wyverns and stuff like that and blah, blah, blah. And Yurin just goes, you could just marry each other. It'd make it easier for you both so you don't need to pretend. (laughs) I love Yurin. Me too. This is why I think the last book was important, because you get Yurine. Yeah, like, I didn't love the the structure of the last book, but I don't regret reading the last book. Mm-hmm. All right, well, that's all I got. This was our definitely our longest fucking recording session ever. <laughs> it's way too long. 100%. Anyways, do you have a favorite quote, favorite character? <laughs> favorite character? Um... <laughs> I know this is going to come out of the blue, but probably Lorcan. <laughs> I love that, man. Um, no, honestly, probably Manon. Mm-hmm. Because she is the greatest. Aelin, I ended up loving in this book. Mm-hmm. So that, was a, that was a plot twist for me. Um, Dorian is also the best. I have a hard time. Like, Sandra... Fenris, I didn't anticipate loving him as much. Yeah, honestly, I'm very hard time picking one person. I love them all, so I will not choose. Is my yeah. answer same? Hundred <laughs> percent. Oh, I think also. I mean, again, it's not going to be surprising, but because we already kind of talked about this, but like your favorite um, romance, <laughs> Lorcan and Alad. <laughs> Yours is uh, Man and Endorian. 100%. No, mine's Maeve and Erewhon. Beautiful. No, mine's Maeve and Dorian. Oh. <laughs> Do you have a favorite line? There's a couple. So I'll let you go first, because I think you narrowed it down to one. I do have one. Uh, my favorite line is like literally at the very end. Aelin's just like, will you let me cry in bed for the rest of today like a pathetic worm if I promise to get to work rebuilding tomorrow? (laughs) I was like, you know what? Relatable. Super relatable. One of my favorite quotes was also at the very end, and it was also Aelin when she was, when Maeve was essentially dying, and she goes, we'll pretend my last words to you were something worthy of a song. And I was like, amazing. Because she's not even giving Maeve that. She's like, I'm I'm literally not even going to say anything profound to you because you don't deserve it. But I'm going to pretend like I did. Another favorite quote was just the first time that Lorcan said, I love you to Elide. And he's like, 
I love you. I have loved you from the moment you picked up that axe to slay the Ilkin. And he was dying at this point. And I was stressed because I thought that he was going to. You're like, no, no. (laughs) Don't say I love you because you're dying. You fucker. And then the other one was from Rowan's perspective. And it says, they walked this dark path together back to the light. He would not let the road end here. I was like, yes. And then my final quote, similar to your one, was Aelin saying, I'm going to have a terrible headache from all this crying and you're not helping. (laughs) And I was like, you know what? Relatable. You're like, I get that. I was, I too was going to have a terrible headache from all this crying (laughs) because of this fucking book. Anyways, I'm done. What What a series. I feel empty. Yeah, I'm going to need to read a new book now. Mm-hmm. Crescent City. <laughs> We're going to be jumping into that one real soon. Yeah, I need to fill the wood. I need happiness during Christmas time. I deserve, I deserve it. <laughs> you do. I agree. Buy it. We'll do it next. After. Next book club episode is very exciting. We're actually going to have our first guest on the podcast. My friend Emma recommended this book we're gonna do the house in the cerulean sea by tj clune this is this is a new one for me i've never heard of it i've never heard of it either but emma recommended it and said it was like a good like short feel good easy to read book which i kind of need after this series so yeah that's that's what's gonna happen um next time we do a book club we'll see what happens but yeah, I have started this book. Not a lot. I'm like a fraction of the way in. I like it so far. Um, and then my favorite thing about the book is like a little blurb that's on the front cover. And it says, I loved it. It's like being wrapped in a big gay blanket. Simply perfect. <laughs> well, now I'm excited to read it. Yeah. I'm not quite in the gay blanket part yet, but so far I'm a so far I'm a fan um and I'm a fan of Emma so I'm excited to have her on the podcast she's been a supporter from the very fucking beginning so all right well to wrap up if you want to follow us on social media do we have to you look like I'm doing this wrong do we have no I I My brain is tired. <laughs> That's all. Fair enough. Uh, Instagram and Twitter is bookbevies and Gmail, which is bookbevies at gmail.com for longer email inquiries. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to this potentially very fucking long episode. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping 
and 365 day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.